I mean, you know this is the first concert I ever saw. Really? My phone dropped out of my car. No, my phone wrapped out of my car. I got a new phone, but I kept this phone because I thought it was funny. And then I lost my new phone, so I have to use this. It cut my ear when I was trying to talk on the phone. <laughs> Guys, a very special Wednesday edition of Fairly Normal. I'm Josh Wolf. Drama? What do you like to go by? Uh, let's go with drama. From Young and Reckless, uh, how would you... you the owner, the CEO, the prez, the sure, the founder, the founder of Young and Reckless. Listen, man, I was set, I was telling you, you're the only guest I've had mm-hmm. where my son was like, "Oh, that's fucking really cool." Man, that makes me so happy. Because the other people, he's like, "I don't give a shit." I don't, yeah. Who are those? I don't fucking care. But you. Yeah, I'm your son's favorite. Uh, yeah, a- absolutely. <laughs> what favorite it, what, clothing pattern? <laughs> <laughs> How did now? Listen, let's let's. We've already done a little bit of talking, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I know a lot of people who are n- who are familiar with me are probably not familiar with you. And mm-hmm. I love actually bringing people like that on this show. Yep. Um, give everybody j- just like a t- as quick or or not quick of a recap of you and what you are and what you're doing, and then I'll get into my questions. Give everybody a quick little yeah. So synopsis. I, uh, I'm from Akron, Ohio, which. Uh, there's LeBron James, LeBron James, and then nothing. Yeah, uh, and uh, so, so pretty much as soon as I graduated high school, I knew I wanted to get out of Akron, Ohio, um, and so I moved to LA uh, with dreams of working in the skateboard industry. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, my cousin was a professional skateboarder named Rob Deerdeck, uh, who lived in LA for as long as I can remember, um, and it just so happened that after I moved about. Six months later, uh, he started throwing around ideas of having a reality show, um, which obviously was something that I was couldn't. Have, I mean, it was literally like space travel to me. I didn't <laughs> <Right>? understand. <laughs> um, so ended up. I mean, through a chain of events, ended up we became really good friends, and uh, and ended up on his reality show as the assistant slash uh, sort of comedy punching. Bag. Were you not really that close to him? Pre-LA? No, I hardly knew him. Okay. Uh, he's 41, I believe. I just turned 29. So uh, he had already lived in L.A. He moved to L.A. when he was 16. Right. So he he had lived here for as long as I can possibly remember. I'd probably seen him four times my whole life. Okay. Um, so anyway, so uh, we bonded, uh, became really good friends. I uh, became his personal assistant, uh, which got me a spot as the... Like I said, the kind of comedy uh, punching bag, uh, uh, stupid kid from Ohio role. Um, so we did that show. That show was called Robin Big, which did three seasons. Um, then it went into a show called Fantasy Factory, uh, which did seven seasons. But I would say right after, I don't know, it only took me a couple seasons of Robin Big to realize that uh, reality reality star wasn't the life that I wanted. Um, I realized it was a good kind of... Uh, platform but I but it wasn't what I, I didn't want to spend my life doing club appearances right um, so I really just started like trying to come up with ideas and trying to find something that would work I've always had an interest in clothing it's always been something that I've paid attention to um, not on like a deep fashion designer level but um, it's been an interest of mine and obviously I grew up skateboarding so I started a you know skate streetwear inspired brand called young and reckless uh, that was six years ago. Um, and I used the show uh, Fantasy Factory as kind of a launching platform for that. And then, you know, I just remember my only goal, my one and only goal was like 
A, don't let this be like a merch line for right. yourself, and B, um, just create your own self-sustaining life so that you can stop doing reality TV. <laughs> and, and luckily, uh, so uh, I hear that. Yeah, luckily, I'd say safely after about probably four seasons of Fantasy Factory, the brand finally kind of was working without the show. Right. Um, and we ended up doing three more seasons still of Fantasy Factory, and then um, and then we finished about a year ago, but. The brand is still alive and well and bigger than ever, and that's where I now spend my time. So, my goal of, you know, creating a life outside of reality TV, uh, I did. I have a shit ton of questions. Yeah, for let's you. get it. Okay, yeah. first of all, I, I, and people who listen to this sh uh, podcast know that I like to have people that I consider on. I like to have people on that I consider a, a myriad of things. I like inspirational people yep. with inspirational stories. Yep. I like hustlers. Yeah. I like self-made people. Yeah. I like positivity. I like all that shit. Uh, you are, you hit all four of those boxes. I appreciate that. Man. So here, I got at twenty nine, man. Mm -hmm. At twenty nine, mm -hmm. you you're in a, a situation most twenty nine year olds are not in. Yeah. Let me tell you. Let me tell everybody right up front. One of the things that when I heard you were doing this blew my mind. At twenty nine, to have this philanthropic bone. Mm -hmm. You're giving away twenty five thousand in cash to people. Yeah. Tell yeah. everybody a little bit about that, guys. How old was the kid you just gave twenty five thousand dollars to? Uh, he was seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. Now tell everybody what this program is, and then tell me why you did it. Like there aren't a lot of guys your age, man, who are thinking, "How can I give back?" Yeah. Like where does that come from with you? Yeah, I would say that I. Uh, so in in, because most guys your age are like, "Look, I need to see some pussy." Yeah. <laughs> and that's how I want to give back diamonds yeah. <laughs> on my Instagram. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. give that back. None of that. See, that is not yeah. your vibe at all. No, and I had that phase. I mean, I, I've had a Lamborghini and a Rolls Royce, and I wanted to be that guy. But at the same time, I still had this part of me. I think here's what happened in, in the in the uh, clothing retail space. Um, it's very common. You'll see if you walk through malls um, for people to do like giveaway or they call them sweepstakes, right. right? Win a trip to Hawaii with your two friends and you can surf with uh, you know, a pro surfer. Um, so the first couple of years we did those and um, I think we did win trips to LA or win a trip to Vegas or I don't know, but we just realized it was stupid. I mean, it just felt stupid to me. It felt like a waste. It felt, it just didn't feel right. So. Um, finally, after a few years, I was trying to brainstorm on what the next idea was, what the next giveaway or contest was. And, and I thought, why don't we just, I mean, we're in a time, especially now, but even then, where people need money more than ever, right? People yeah. need help more than ever. So why don't I not tell them what to spend the money on or give them a trip? Why don't I just give them money? And you can do whatever you want with it. If you want to buy 25,000 diapers um, or you want to blow it all in one weird drug fetish night, night. I, sure yeah I whatever, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, young and reckless by yeah. the way my one of my favorite comedians of all time mitch hedberg mm -hmm. he's tell a joke like man i hate gift certificates you take money that's good yeah. everywhere yeah and you same make thing yeah same thing yeah yeah yeah. yeah 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 so so i um so that's what we did so we called it spend reckless and every year we do it and um you just sign up. There's no purchase necessary or no qualifications or whatever. I mean, I hope that it always goes to someone who actually wears my clothes right. and likes what I do, but it could possibly not. Um, Take me through. Dude is 17 years old. 
yeah. in his lifetime combined. Yeah. yeah. There's no way he's seen $25,000. Is that safe to say? All at once, no chance. Okay. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. 17, no. No, no, no not. way. No. Combined. No, no way. Yeah. I mean, you count my bar mitzvah and everything. No I hadn't chance. seen $25,000. No way. <laughs> right? What is that like? What's that for you? I know that he's out of his mind. Like, what's that experience like, man, to be able to give that kind of joy to somebody? It's incredible, man. I, I will say that, like, I think when you're younger, you always hear people say, like, man, giving back is the best part. And yeah. You always hear that, and you just kind of think, like, man, shut up. I get yeah. you're rich, right? Yeah. Um, I, it really is. Like, I did go through, when I first started making money, like I said, I thought it would be ridiculous if I owned a Lamborghini. And so I went and got a Lamborghini, and it was stupid. And it was like driving a go-kart around Los Angeles. Um, <laughs> and obviously, How I... How the speed bumps in that? It's absolutely horrendous. <laughs> I mean, you might as well just drag your ass on the ground it, and let it Is it a hit. comfortable car at no. all to sit in? Not at all. My friend said it's like if you leaned back on a park bench. Thousand percent. He said it's the, not the the ride isn't comfortable. No, no, nothing about it. And I'll say like I know people who have had Ferraris. And I've ridden in Ferraris, and they're they're a little better. Um, but Lamborghinis are absolutely terrible. For <laughs> I'm for sure I'm sure that'll really kill the sales for the people listening. Yeah, I'm sure. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was gonna get it, man. <laughs> that kid. Um, so, <laughs> you know, I was gonna get a Lamborghini this week. I watched Josh drama. podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna give the money away instead. <laughs> Man. All right, so you, so you, so I, so I did that, and yeah. I, and I, um, and it was cool, I guess. But um, I really now that I just did these other things, um, and have and have done the giveaways, and there's just nothing like it. I mean, we flew to Texas, went to the kid's high school, called him into the principal's office because he thought he was in trouble. Um, and I was just sitting there with, with $25,000 and, and it really is just a feeling that you don't get from just buying yourself shit. You don't, you know, a, a mutual friend of ours and somebody who works for you, mm -hmm. a woman named Sarah Wasserman, you know, Sarah and I try to pick a family every year here in Los Angeles mm -hmm. to help. And one year, um, she and I drop things off at different times of the same family. Mm -hmm. But this woman, it was a woman and four young kids. Mm -hmm. And um, I walked in and I gave her, a, a, at the time, it was a PlayStation 4, I think, PlayStation 3 or 4, um, and the TV and a bunch of others. And she just grabbed me and just, not like a, you know, not like the single Indian tear, mm -hmm. but like guttural sobbing. Mm -hmm. of, and it was the most fucking rewarding thing. Mm -hmm. Because, I, look, what, for me and for you and I, like, I got to turn that off, I'm sorry. For, for us, like... I'm not I'm not rich. I, I know mm -hmm. rich people. Mm -hmm. I'm not worried about where my next meal is coming from, mm -hmm. right? But to know people who are worried for the next meal they're coming from, and yeah. to be able to give them something that 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 to you you take for granted, but for them is like the best thing in the world. Yeah. That makes look. She told me she was like, I never thought my kids would ever play a video game in my house. Yeah. I never I knew I was never gonna have the money for that. Yeah, it's All they insane. did was go to school and hear about their friends talking about it. About, I never was gonna be able to get that for them. Yeah. She still had, you know, the TV that was like four feet thick. Yeah. And to give her that stuff and to have her sob and I know a a, a play a, a game console and a TV doesn't solve her problems. Yeah. But to make her feel good yeah. was the was an amazing feeling. Yeah, it's incredible. I think you just forget. I think, you know, most of us come from from you know uh, I, I wasn't born rich by any means i wasn't wondering where my next meal was but and i think that you almost kind of like 
you have to become a little bit of a soldier to like to be successful, especially in this city. Yep. And I almost feel like it builds this wall where you're you just kind of want to say fuck the world a little bit, you know? Like there's this like it's me like I'm a soldier. Uh, dude, you know what? That's an interesting way to put that. Yeah. 100% this town does it. It makes you insular. Yeah. It it really does. It's just you against the world. Yes. Which is what everyone tells you, especially if you listen to rap music like I do a lot, <laughs> that it has to be that way. That's the only right, way to succeed. Right, right. You, you know? and, and to a degree, that is true. You can't, you're not, I don't know many people that became filthy rich from worrying about everyone around them at all times. Most people kind of buckled down. Yes got through it and then did it, yeah. right? So what I'm saying is you just forget, you become very internal and, and it's not good and you forget how, you know, you could either go, I mean, a PlayStation costs as much as like some dinners that I've had yeah, for no reason, yeah, which is fine. I'm not saying it's so ridiculous and I'm never going to eat an expensive dinner. I'm just saying you forget to do the little things and when you do, you're like, oh shit, that's you know, cool. I went to a, 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 and I used to and and I feel bad that I haven't but I used to volunteer at um, retirement homes and old people homes mm -hmm, a lot mm -hmm. because you know it was kind of instilled in me growing up like don't forget that without these people yep there isn't you mm -hmm. but I went and used to play cards with this guy and every time I left he would do the one single Indian tier yep but he would tell me every time you don't know how much this means to me yeah and it was like what kind of asshole am I that I can't spare an hour a weekend yeah. to to elicit that type of response from a dude? Where for me it's like, well, I could either do this or I could jerk off. Yeah. Or, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what am I doing instead of doing? Yeah. And sometimes I sit at my house and think about that. Like I'm at my house just going through the DVR. Like there's nothing on. I'm so fucking bored. Yeah. Or I could make someone's day for yeah. an hour. Yeah. I don't know why, but I think there's just something the way humans are wired. It's almost like a self-destructive. It's the same. I hate to compare it, but it's like going. It's like working out or eating right. Yeah. It's like at the time, yeah, it might be a little bit of a nuisance or a little bit of out of your way. Yeah. But you know that if you worked out and ate right for a while, you would feel better and be happier. Yeah. But we, I don't do it. I don't. <laughs> I eat like shit. And I don't. I haven't worked out in fucking ages. I know that I would be a happier person sitting here right now if I did, but I don't. So it's just, I don't know. I think, I think it's a... For me, it's a life lesson of like, just don't forget to carve out the things that you know make sense, make you happy, make other people happy, and, and just do them. I, guess. I agree with that. Now, and I, people who listen to this know that I jump around a lot. Please do. I one of the too. reasons I jump around is because it seems like a more natural conversation. Yep. But one thing that I did read about you, mm -hmm. let's go back, back, back. You used to skateboard a lot. Yep. And then you hit your head. Yep. And you were in a coma? In a coma for four days. I've never talked to anybody in a coma before. Yeah. Did, Wait, you while know, they were in a coma? While, no, I've never talked to anybody who's been in a coma. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Right. I, I've, <laughs> I've talked to like, some people who've been comatose. <laughs> yeah. I have some weed right now that would... <laughs> yeah, that would what? what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have weed right now that they should have called coma. Fair. Coma, coma kush is what they should have called. Got it. We can, just, we can have the rest of the conversation. <laughs> it should have been, yeah, coma kush. Um, when you're in a coma, you know they hear people will say, no, I heard everything you said, man. Yeah, I didn't have that. No, <laughs> I did not have that, man. I, I, I wanted it so badly, and I, I didn't have it. I woke up. You should have made shit up and been like, "I heard what the fuck you were saying." Oh man, I wish. Damn it, I wish. <laughs> Hindsight is twenty. You woke I, up. I woke up, and I remember the craziest thing was I woke up, and not only did I not remember the actual. Tell people why you got rid of coma. Okay, so I was skateboarding, um, and the funny thing was, my cousin, who I, I barely knew at the time, who then I went on to be friends with, Rob Dyrdek, um, had built. 
this brand new skate park in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And it was this big thing for Ohio and, and whatever. And so the plan was graduate high school, literally walk across the stage, drive to my friend's house, and drive down because that weekend was the opening for the big skate park. So we went down. The whole weekend was great. Huge success. Everything fun. Um, on the Literally on the way out, we're going, and all my friends are going in a row, and we're just jumping down this last set of stairs. Really. This is the last trick. Literally to the car. The car is at the bottom of the stairs. Most basic trick, nothing dangerous, nothing scary about it. For whatever reason, I don't know because I don't remember anything about it. Um, what do you mean? You don't remember? What's the last so I'll thing tell you remember? You, let me tell this, and then I'll okay, tell that. Okay. So I apparently went, slipped, something went wrong. And normally what you do is you kick your board away, you land on your feet. You see people do that all the time. I've what do you done mean, it. what do you mean? So like if you jump off stairs mm-hmm. and you kind of go the wrong way or your feet aren't right, you just, they call it bailing, but you just kick your board in the air and then you land on your feet and okay. run, you know? And I've done it thousands of times. It's just an instinct. Um, apparently what happened was I tried to kick the board and I, I missed, I kicked the air. So I landed back on the board when I thought I was going to land on my feet, uh, which caused the board to shoot out and me just whiplash back to my head. Right. So knocked out. Apparently I was doing some weird like seizure stuff and then I was kind of okay, but then I wasn't okay. And I kept repeating. The Did same you word. walk away from it? I believe I walked. I believe that my friend, no ambulance. Okay. Here's what happened. I apparently <clears> was <throat> having some sort of seizure type reaction. So my friends were freaking out, but then I stopped and they sat me on the bench or whatever and I was sitting there and, and they were kind of talking to me and they said they thought I was going to be okay, but I kept repeating a word. I don't remember what the word was, but I kept repeating a word and they're like, man, like... That's not good. Yeah, like he's... he's like, you're just sitting there glitch. going, peanut, peanut, <laughs> yeah. peanut, and people are like, mm, hey, maybe two peanuts is okay, but he's at eight. <laughs> so true. Damn it. How many peanuts means he's fucked up? Uh, I think okay. any more than two peanuts yeah. in a row. We got peanut, <laughs> 12 peanuts, man. We got to call 911. He is in the back of the ambulance. How you feeling? Peanut. peanut. Okay. Peanut 27. <laughs> so... Man, so I I wish I had it on video because it sounds so absurd. So I so they're like shit, right? So keep in mind, it's all like my younger friend. You know, we're all eighteen and whatever. So they go and they they're like, well, we'll just he'll be okay. We'll just drive home. Um, but home was three what? hours away, right? We were three hours from my house. So they put me in, strap me in the seatbelt. I'm still saying peanut, right? Like it's peanut fucking fifty, and they're like, yo. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yo. So they're like, Fuck. like this dude's just gonna peanut and then be dead, and and it's our fault. What if your last name? If you've been like peanut butter, yeah, she oh, said butter, man. and that Incredible. was the end. Yeah. Um. So. Uh. So then they called nine one one. Um. And then the ambulance came, and apparently I was like trying to fight the paramedics. Always uh, smart. And they were trying, yeah. So they were trying to get me out of the seatbelt, and I was trying to fist fight them. Apparently. Um, and then they, yeah, and then they took me to the emergency room and whatever. But, um, and then that's when I kind of like went into a coma and then they put me in a medically induced coma. And it was one of those situations where like my brain was swelling and they thought that they were going to have to cut the hole in my skull to mm-hmm. let the brain swell. But um, apparently like on the last, um, last CAT scan, it was, it had stopped. It was like one final one before the surgery and that had stopped. But, um, so I literally just remember eating breakfast. That day. That day. And what's the next thing you remember? Waking up in a hospital bed and being like, what? How old were you again? Fuck. I was 18. Okay. I'm like, what the fuck? It's like waking up from a blackout, right? Where you're like, like, I'm imagining, I'm imagining without the dried Taco Bell on your face. 
thousand percent. I wish I wish that would have been the case. Those if the they could have talked to me in the coma, I would have asked for Taco Bell. <laughs> those are the worst. When you wake up, you're like, is that are those beans? Yeah. Oh, so it's that, right? <laughs> Except for like, usually in a blackout, you kind of start to put some of the memories back to know, like, oh, that's where the with beans the receipts came from. in your pocket. You're like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so, but I couldn't do that. And then I remember the craziest thing was that like, my nails had grown and my facial hair had grown four days of growth. And that's the trippiest feeling because you're so used to yeah. tracking the growth of yourself. And so I was like, what the fuck? Like, it was just the most confusing. What were you like, uh, motor skill-wise and speaking-wise and memory-wise? Was so, that affected at all? So I could talk. I could talk fine. I had no memory, obviously, of the thing, but I knew who I was and my name and my age and all that stuff. But the weirdest thing is I couldn't. Food had no taste. Like, they were like, what do you want to eat? We'll get you whatever you want to eat. What do you want to eat? I wanted cheese pizza. Um, By the way, just out of curiosity. I wanted peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> like that's all I'm I wanted, man. <laughs> just out of curiosity, what is your favorite pizza? Do you, have, are you, do you have a favorite pizza in L.A.? I don't have one that I would go to bat for. I don't have one that I would say, like. I love Amici's, dude. I don't know where you live. I've never Am I right? It. Dude, Amici's. I've never had it. Aaron, Amici's is good. But Amici, do you like a thin or a thick? Are you a Chicago I'm deep a dish? Thick. I'm more of a, more of a thick. I see. Amici's is a thin. Got it. Like I like a, thin, but if I had to choose, you're a thick. I'd go thick. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the option. By the I'll way, go thick. I'm gonna make a T-shirt that just says I go thick. Quote <laughs> drama. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Sound bite. By the way, Next I go thick drama, is not a terrible T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's good for the girls. Uh, yeah, I go thick. Uh, all right, so go ahead. So you, no, you, no taste in your mouth. So no taste. So yeah. So the pizza had no taste. It could could have tasted like anything. And then I could. Did you have feeling in your mouth? Yep. Okay. Yeah, just no taste. And um, I couldn't read. Huh. I could not read. It took me weeks to learn how to read again. Did did what, did you have to be retaught, or did, was it one of those things no, where you like came oh, back? Yeah, came back. Yeah, it was just like you looked at words and. But you could speak. It didn't mean anything. You could speak. You could understand. Yeah. But you. But when could you write? I don't remember. But you know what? I I remember. I got home and I was so depressed, obviously, and I you know I just couldn't do anything, and uh, I went to sign on to the computer, and I opened up like Safari or whatever Explorer. And I didn't know how to use the computer. Like, my brain couldn't figure out, like, I don't know, maybe MySpace was probably popular then, like, how to click MySpace from my bookmarks and check my profile. Like, it, I remember sitting at my computer, like, and just being devastated. That's crazy. crazy. Because especially at that age, right? Yeah, yeah. At that age, when you're, you're hoping your whole life is in front of you. Yeah. Where, where's your brain going at that point in time? Because I know it's hard to... Were you like, I'm completely fucked forever? What, 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 no, are, you, no, you know, I wasn't. I wasn't. I don't know why, but I wasn't. I think I would equate it to... The way that it worked in my brain was if you broke... Are you a fighter, by the way? Are you not, not like a fist fighter, but are you a... Naturally, yeah. A life fighter. Yes. Okay, then that explains a lot. But I also... I didn't even feel like I had to fight. It felt like... If you, you know, whatever, if you if you uh, blew out your ACL mm -hmm. and you went and got surgery, it felt like it's broken, but it will come back. It didn't feel like this is gone forever. And I don't remember. Maybe they told me that. Right. Maybe in the hospital they said you're going to be fucked up for a while, but it'll come back. Yeah. 
I don't remember. I remember it gave me terrible anxiety, and for the longest time, like I didn't drink or do drugs or even smoke a cigarette because all I wanted in life was to be back in control. Right. And so like I was so petrified that I would never be in control of my brain again. So that that's what I remember. But but I think that they had they must have told me it'll come back because I don't remember feeling like I'm a vegetable forever. Um, what an interesting uh, like so it was more intuitive that you it were felt like like a wound that would heal. Yeah. You know, but I and like I remember like for instance I couldn't I could not, and I still to this day don't, I couldn't sleep on my left side. If I laid on my left side for too long, I would throw up. Still? Now I won't throw up. I just can't get comfortable. Is it this, Is that the only remnant, is that the only thing that is left over? Yeah, and I don't know, I don't even know that that's necessarily, I, I, it's so mellow, I just can't, it's just very uncomfortable right. for me. Um, at the time, it was like it would send me into a dizzy spell. Um, yeah. That's pretty amazing because at 18... To have that um, capacity to look at eighteen, your world is this big, and I'm just doing yeah. this, everybody. Especially it's in Akron, Ohio, right? Your world is that big. Yeah. You, that is your so your entire at eighteen to have your entire world taken away yeah. and not to completely lose your fucking mind. Where does that come from? Is that is that something you've always you always had? Like were you always um, when you were growing up? Yeah. Were your parents like, oh, for sure, he's going to make it. He's got that drive to always. You want to know what I was? Y yes and no. I was, um, my brother, I have an older brother who's four years older than me. We were both raised exactly the same. My parents are still together, everything. Um, he's much more like everything's everything's okay. Mm -hmm. Like, like kind of like not crazy high expectations, not high, just like everything's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. I'm more, and, he, and also, sorry, he was also like, um, got incredible grades in school, was in uh, drug resistance classes to teach kids not to do drugs and played sports and just did what he did He didn't bring you into that class? He did. <laughs> <laughs> I skipped it. He was like, you should uh, forget. My, my, my brain was dead at the time. I couldn't make it. But um, I, I, and I was very much like, not that I was like some crazy problem child, but I was just like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's right. not what I want to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. And I was always like, I don't know. My earliest instinct was like selling my old bike to pay for the new one. And then when I knew I wanted to move to L.A., I went and filmed all the best skateboarders in my town and made a skateboard video and then went and did a premiere for it at the local skate shop and convinced them to sell it and made like 1500 bucks and that was part of my move so like but that, that is dude, i was that that's but, not a typical teenage move man i mean yeah, i yeah. think when i was a teenager yeah now listen the first time i ever got on stage i was 15 so i kind of knew that yeah, i want to do that yeah. but that i didn't have that yeah. like that is that's where i was the opposite i yeah. would have never been on stage at 15 no i wouldn't be on stage now but i'm saying i wouldn't be on stage at 15 but you had a um a nose or into of how to make a little bit of money or make some money to get what you want and yep. move forward. Yeah, I think there's this like I don't know I don't really know how to describe it because obviously you know when it's you it doesn't feel special but um it's almost this like I know that I in my head I know that I deserve what I want I guess you know if I want I want to move to L A so right. I'm going I deserve that I'm going to figure that out and right. there's a way to do that and so that's what I have. I still feel that way to this day. Like when I come on with a new business venture or a thing with Young and Reckless or whatever, it's like, I deserve to do that. I understand the work that yeah. I have to put in to do it and I'm not, shouldn't be given it, but like, let's figure this out and do it. I, I don't feel like, oh, I'm just trapped in Ohio. Life but sucks. I, I love, here's the thing. And here's one of maybe the main reason I wanted to have you on is that that is such a, po a 
powerful message for people to hear. And I would tell you, you're never too young or too old to hear that message. To yeah. to say you're not fucking stuck in whatever rut. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's oh just God, a matter yeah. of how hard do yeah. you want to work to get out of that rut. I think that one of the biggest things that drives me crazy is like when you're born in, I'm guessing anywhere but Los Angeles and New York. Right. Um, you just have like you're almost taught like that that's not you that's not for you right like whether i'm not saying you want to go be a movie star but no matter what it is everyone wants to be something at least when they're a kid yep. you your dreams get battered by life and by people telling you it's just not for you um but what you learn is and what i've learned so much and what continues to amaze me is the biggest stars celebrities hedge fund managers rich people that i mean they're just people yes. they're just people and nobody there is no gift. You put them on this pedestal and think that they were gifted and they were the chosen ones. And like, they're just not. They're people that had a passion and followed it. And that's what drives me crazy. And what I try to, as any way I can with Young and Reckless, is just try to inspire a kid to like, it's you too. You're the next Drake or you're the next, you really you, are. You know what else I would add to that is I have a friend of mine that I went to college with and I, I went to a pretty good college and it was a not an easy to get into school mm -hmm. and he graduated and you know what he was always good at? Huh. Running a bar. Uh -huh. he, he just wasn't great at the college, but he was great at running a bar. Uh -huh. Everybody came to his bar, man. Yep. Everybody fucking loved. He was great at the drinks, great personality. Yep. Just but you know what? Because he graduated from his college, he refused to give in to that, and it actually turned him to drinking. Yep. Because they look what all you other guys are doing. Yep. So and so is a federal prosecutor. You're doing this. I'm going go, Murph. Not everybody's great at everything. You yeah. know what you're great at? Yeah. You're great at running that bar. Yep. So, it, but it, that's another thing. I think sometimes people run away from what they truly are gifted at yep. because they don't think. That, mer that merits like, oh, I'm embarrassed by this. No, somebody has to be a yeah, great teacher. Yeah, yeah. And if you're the best teacher, yeah. you're gonna get accolades and everything you want. It'll be very rewarding. Yeah. Sometimes it's it's a matter of just accepting really what you are good at. Do you know what I mean? A thousand percent. I think, you know, to the point is, and maybe, you know, it's not his goal, and if, and if not, then it's not, but like, he at this point could have had 20 bars. And, that, you know what I'm saying? And he could yes. have been more, making more money than some of his, what yes. he thought were more successful friends. I don't, and like I said, not everyone looks at success in that way. So maybe that's not the thing. But I think, you know, another thing is like, I always joke and say, like, when I'm a parent, if my kid says he just wants to be a singer and his voice is just shit, mm -hmm. I'm going to tell him he shouldn't be a singer. And I just, you should. <laughs> I just think that that's. I don't want to say like don't follow your dreams. It's just Dude, be realistic. Let me if tell you're you good something. at running a bar. Run the best bar yeah. in the world. The first time, I brought a piece of art mm -hmm. that I had done in school into my dad. And mm -hmm. I thank him to this, for this to this yeah, day. Yep. I put it down in front of him, and he looked at it. He goes, art is not your thing. <laughs> and I go, what? He goes, this is terrible. He's yeah. like, find something else. And you know what? Incredible. I don't even doodle when I talk on the phone. <laughs> Great parenting. <laughs> yeah. I think so, because you know what? Every other one of my friends, you know, they were spread. They were like, oh, look at this art. And I would look at it and go, that's as fucking shitty as mine yeah. was. You should stop doing that. Yeah. But the teacher was like, this is beautiful, Josh. Yeah. Thank you for expressing yeah. yourself. And how many of them are making money off of art today? Zero. Yeah. But my dad came home and my dad was like, that's not good, Yeah. That's by the way. Great, <laughs> I, I'm a fan of it. Dude, me too. When people say you can be whatever you want. No, listen to me right now. You're five foot two, 200 pound kid. You know what he's not going to be? A swimmer. 
No. So don't make him be a swimmer. No, don't, you know, don't not, even try out for no! middle school basketball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's not going to walk the runway. No. That's not going to happen. Leave so it alone. Let's kind of try to push them to what, look, I do think it's, my thing and what I always tell my kids is, write down goals. Have the ultimate goal at the top mm-hmm. and have the other goals that you need to hit mm-hmm. to hit that goal yep. underneath them. Yep. Right? And every time, by the way, I find this to be, so, I don't know if you do this, but I, I write goals down or I write a list. Because mm-hmm. when I write a list, when I check something off, oh my God, I yeah. fucking feel great. It's the best. I have a daily list every day and the crossing it off is one of the highlights. Isn't that crazy? Even if it's something so stupid, like, uh, you know, on my list of things today is get a haircut, right? Mm-hmm. If I get that haircut, which I haven't in a couple months, if you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> it's still on the list. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not watching the live video, it's still on the list. The Jufro <laughs> is crazy right yeah. now. I just haven't had to be on TV in a couple months. So I was like, that's Fuck beautiful. It. Yeah. I, right now, though, my Jufro is like, I, I have a theory now, like, now I know why Jews wear yarmulkes because our hair is perfect. It just nestles right in there. Yeah, it does. It can't slip You're out right. of it. You're it so doesn't right. slip out of this fucking Brillo pad. Yeah. Are you kidding yeah. me right now? Nestled in. And my hair doesn't grow down. After a certain part, it just grows. Out. It's like a. I when I was younger, right? Uh-huh. In uh, so maybe I might have lived through a period where guys were wearing their hair long, mm-hmm. and in the in the morning. <laughs> In the morning when I got out of the shower, my uh-huh. hair was down to the middle of my back. Uh-huh. And I'd look in the mirror and I'd be like, fuck yeah, Oh, man. and then it would dry, huh? We're, so <laughs> <laughs> so in the morning, I was like, look at me. And I would put on my ripped jeans and yeah. I would put on my fucking waffle shirt. And I was jacked at the time. And I would put on a fucking bandana. Damn it. Right? And with the wet hair, and I'd walk out of my house like, boop. And I had a certain soundtrack in my head. Yep. I could hear. Fucking Axel was in my head, and I was like, and I got. I would walk by a window on the street, and I'm like, you can't see the bandana. I was like, wow, how did Aretha Franklin take control of my hair? It was terrible, dude. I look at some of those pictures. Yeah. Not, mm, That's a story about what happens when you chase false dreams. Yeah, see, you can't. Not everybody can, you can be. You walk Rico out of the Swabe. house as Axl Rose, but no, you walk back like fucking some <laughs> Jewy, Jewy, Jewy McJewerson. Um, Incredible. Here's the thing, dude. You wanted to be a skateboarder, right? I did. Yeah, that's all I wanted. Here's another thing that's amazing to me. Mm-hmm. You want to be a skateboarder? Yep. Are were you decent? Yeah. Okay, at 18... Obviously, not decent enough <laughs> sleeping for four days, but um, I was good, yeah. At 18, you get that dream ripped away from you. Yeah. At 18, dude, that's a young age for yeah. someone to say what you've been working for, what your dream is, yeah. the world you live in, uh, you can't do that anymore, right? Didn't I'm assuming they told you if you take another well, shot yeah, to the yeah. head, you're fucked. They suggested it, yeah, okay. heavily. How do you readjust that, man? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. What an interesting thing. Most people, when their dreams get taken away it's a you at least have had a shot at yeah it. you didn't hit a depression you didn't hit any of that no. stuff i think for me la obviously helped because like i still moved to la as soon as i got cleared by the doctor so there was still so much new stuff that yeah. I, I didn't have that moment to just sit in ohio and be depressed um but i also think like and that's why i preach it because it was still my decision they told me if you do it again you could really be screwed. Like, we don't know, but you could really mess yourself up and be, you know, Muhammad Ali or be whatever, to, right. you know, if, if you hit your head in that you'd spot You'd be an again. excellent boxer? Wouldn't it be crazy if you hit your head and you no, became heavyweight yeah, champ? I'm down for it. <laughs> I'm not any good right now. <laughs> 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 These little arms just... Yeah. 
flail. Um, but I, I, so, so they told me that and, and obviously, um, you know, that's a common spot to hit your head from yeah. skateboarding and, and, um, I more decided, I moved to LA, I saw the other opportunities, I saw like you can start a business and do that and not go hurt yourself every day and, and, and to try to be a professional skateboarder. And so I made the decision that I was maybe on the cusp of maybe being good enough to even make that dream come mm -hmm. true, but it would have been kind of a long shot. It's not like I was the golden child that had his dreams ripped away. Um, so I just decided, hey man, I'd rather still skateboard for fun, mm -hmm. not have to worry about that, and start a business and enjoy my life. And I'm way more happy now, and that's now I look back, I have a lot of friends that are very big pro skateboarders. I would not trade my life for theirs for a second. It, but it's all another fucking, this is another thing, it's another fucking great lesson, dude. There yeah. are, may not be just one path for you. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I try to say it, because I'm not saying it, just to be a dick and say, don't follow your dreams. I'm just saying, be realistic and, and understand that there's a process to it. And there is, I, if you would have told me when I was 17 that this is what I'd be doing, not only would I not believe you, but it probably wouldn't sound that cool to me. I would have been like, no, I would rather be a professional skateboarder. Right. But, but you're now, still, you circle the world of yeah. the skateboarding, right? You yeah, still yeah, are, yeah. you're And I still do it for fun. Right. And you know, but those kids go out and kill themselves and hurt themselves every day. And how don't. No, how come no helmet, man? You know what's funny is it's just so incredibly frowned upon in skateboarding. Is it really still? Oh my god, yeah. So you can't even after head injury after head. If you had mm -hmm. a kid, would you make him wear a helmet? I would try, but I would also understand if he told me he couldn't, or if he just didn't. Like what I would do is my parents try to get us to wear it, and I would leave the house and take it off when as soon as I could drive. Would you tell him your story? <laughs> yeah, but a hundred percent I would. But I would understand that at that age you just don't care. It's a really interesting thing, you know. I do that all the time. You know, my kids are a little older, and and um, I look, and they have asked me about drugs and all that stuff, mm -hmm. and like, I feel a tiny little bit hypocritical mm -hmm. by saying don't do what I did. Mm -hmm. I also don't want to tell them a hundred percent of the truth of what I did. Mm -hmm. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's be a weird because that kind of opens up mm -hmm. them doing shit that I don't want them to do. Yeah, you're right. So I try to find that medium path, man. You know? Yeah, I but don't know how I would play that exactly. It's an interesting thing because With, yeah, you want them. I think one of the biggest problems is I'm sure your parents let you leave the house. Hey, I'm gonna go hang out with whatever, whatever, and yep. right. Mm -hmm. There was a bit of a freedom. Okay, so I still want them to have that. Yeah. But... No, I know, but then you know... I don't know, man. I don't know how I will deal with that. Especially like a daughter. Do you have a daughter? I have a daughter. Yeah, I just don't know how I would... Because you just know how ruthless the world can be for a young daughter that oh. just wants to go hang out with her friends. I basically told her, mm -hmm. anything that comes out of a dude's mouth, mm -hmm. don't believe it. Yeah, fair. 100% <laughs> fair. She said, but I have friends who are guys. I go, no, you don't. No, they're not your friends. No. No. I said, no, listen. How old is she? Ish, old enough that people want to have sex with her. Really? Let me tell you. Oh, man. I, had, I was standing next to her. I bought her a bra. You know, I, I raised three kids by myself. Uh -huh. um, That's uh, incredible. Uh, and, but I bought her a bra, mm -hmm. and the bra was double D. Oh, man. And I gave it to her, and I told her, I go, I want you to know you're like Spider-Man now. With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> Did you really say that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, those are great responsibility. I said, try to use them for good and not for evil. Yeah. I went to pick her up in front of a comic book shop over on Ventura, Ventura Boulevard. I forget what the fuck it was called. But she was there with some of her friends, and there was a dude talking to her. Yep. And I walk up, 
And I go, hey, hey, baby, ready? And the guy goes, oh, sorry, man, didn't know she was taken. I go, first of all, it's my daughter. Oh, man. I said, second of all, how old are you? And he goes, I'm 26. I go, this, is, this person here will, will get you in jail. Yeah. And he was like, what? I go, yeah, jail, jail. And he was like, oh, my God. What does he do, turn around and walk away? Oh, he fucking ran away. Yeah. By the way, it's so interesting. You know, I had, I had a friend of mine in uh -huh. college, had sex with a girl he met at a bar. Uh-huh. And two weeks later, was taken to jail for statutory rape. Man, I just man. Yeah, that's a and and I and I and I and I I even asked my lawyer. I'm like, wait a second. And this was a long that's time scary. ago. I was like, but is it is the onus on him? Yeah. He's in a bar where people are supposed to be 21. Yeah. Why is he? And they were like, yeah, he's still the person that had sex with her. Fucked up. And that's right? like real, real charges, right? That wasn't like no. We'll that, let you off. No. Man. There's, and here's the thing. Even if it's consensual, there's no such thing as consensual sex with an underage girl. That's a flaw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Do you know? I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound rapey, but that's a flaw. That is, I Dude, don't, his that's life so scary. was ruined. Yeah. He went to jail for going out on a Friday night, getting drunk, meeting this young girl with yeah. huge tits, taking her home, having sex with her. She went home. Her parents are like, where the fuck were you? She broke down. He gets arrested. And now he's like on some sort of rape list. Yes. Ugh. Is that fucking bizarre? That's scary. It's really frightening because, and do you know, by the way, think about this. In New York, I think it's New York, right, Aaron? I, there's, a, there's a new law in some of the colleges that even if you want to touch somebody or kiss them, you have to write down your intentions and have that other person sign it. Can, that, huh. Talk about a fucking boner killer, dude. Man, if you I were just... like, I want to have sex with you, but I'm going to write down exactly what I'm intending on doing to you. Yeah. And some of the shit you can only get away with in the moment. If you write it down, you're like, she'd be like, you want to put your finger, what? Be like, <laughs> in the moment, it'll be great. Oh, <laughs> trust me, trust me. But on paper, it doesn't it's look great. It's not right. the same right here. We'll get to it. No, but just trust me, but on the paper, it looks terrible. Uh, it's but... just like, you got to just get into it and be like, can you please flip to page 10? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. You know what? Right now. I, I, can, let's, let's, let's go forward. Let's go forward. Damn can you just uh, you fingerprint right here? Yeah. Isn't that fucking crazy? Yeah, that's the scary part of life. Well, I imagine for you, mm -hmm. because your fans are younger. Yep. And I'm assuming that you have a lot of people that would enjoy getting with you. How careful do you have to be for a couple things? Let me ask you. Mm -hmm. Because your fans are huge social media. Yep. Do you ever party at your house and tell people to leave their phones at the door? I've never went that far, but I have uh, been embarrassed by posts. You know, like I still can't. I think the problem there is I can't take myself serious enough mm -hmm. to do that. That's a it's a bold move, you know? And even though it's the smart thing to do, and for cases like your friend and yeah. for all those things, that's what I should be doing. I never have done it, but I but I have... Um, do you know people who do that shit? They say, like, no phones, no... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, the really famous... You know, yeah. like, my friends are in, like, movies and stuff, and you can mess up agreements with studios because, you know, I, I don't... You know, I might sell a couple less T-shirts that month because I... Or a couple more. Yeah, or maybe, because <laughs> I'm so young and reckless. <laughs> Now, we're going to get into why that name. I'm going to open up the phone lines. Three, two, you got a phone call? Hey, everybody, what's your name? Where are you calling from? You're on with Josh and Drama. Columbus, Ohio. What's, Ohio. Your, what's your name, man? Justin. Justin, do you have a question for Drama? Yes, I do. Go. I would like, I would like to know from Drama himself, what's a better burger? 
A Swenson's Swenson's. Burger. You don't even have to say it. <laughs> you don't even have to say it. It's what Swenson's. is that burger? Swen- sorry, but just for the sake of the conversation, Swenson's or what? A Swenson burger or a uh, In-N-Out burger. Oh, yeah, Swenson's by far. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, leaps and bounds. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa. Yeah. yeah. What? First of all. I think you would agree, too. Where is that? Uh, it's in it's in Ohio. I guess it's probably in a few neighboring states. I'm gonna be in Columbus. Go to at the beginning of the year. Is there one in, in uh, Justin? I, is there I don't one? think there there's not there isn't one in Columbus. They're only in around Akron area. I'm gonna see if what are you there for? I'm at the Funny Bone. I'll be there at the Funny Bone. I'm gonna see if because they have a mobile truck, and if there's any chance they can bring the mobile truck to the How Funny good? Bone. Tell me why it's it, it's, it's just... better than In and Out. Justin, have you had In and Out? Yes. And you've had Svensson's too. Oh, yeah, I grew up in Akron. I grew up right by where Drama grew up. I grew up in Manchester by Port of Joy. And is it even close for you in your in your mind, which is better? No, it's by far the best burger I've ever had. It's yeah. hard to just, it's yeah. like Guys, I mean, yeah. It's like a Belvita cheese. Just so you yeah, know, right like, now, guys, this is these are some bold fucking words you're yep. throwing down right now. I will, yep. Really? I will shout it from the mountaintop. Oh, shit. Yep. Okay. If there's any way I can get you one, I'm going fi- to I'm going to try to figure that out, but it's just I don't it's just melty. Yeah, like a, almost like a Velveeta cheese and I believe I heard a rumor that they put some sort of sugary thing in the yeah, like brown sugar yeah like brown sugar is their secret something recipe like or something really it's incredible you know what's funny is that before he even finished his sentence you were like what's it's and you were like Spencer's. yeah 100 percent uh how are the fries uh, I don't, I don't know. I just get two lost <laughs> in a burger don't even not really? even on my radar no, <laughs> really no i get two burgers uh chili and jalapeno poppers every time i go uh, listen, I dip the burgers in the chili. I listen, and and you know, I I didn't grow up here, but a huge fan of an In and Out, a double double with cheese yeah. and extra I mean, I pickles. Am too. I am too. I'm not even an In and Out hater. I love In and Out. What do you think, Aaron? You don't like the In and Out? Yeah, no. I, I grew up here, and I think it's overrated. You, what, you, Aaron, the producer, thinks In and Out is overrated. And Justin, yeah. what do you think? I think In and Out, in and out is amazing. I think it's an yeah, amazing. I burger. agree. But that's how great this burger is. I agree. I have to tell you, Justin, you're, you're I'm gonna good, make that man. shit happen when I get yeah. when I get there. I'm gonna hit them if there's any way they will bring that thing down to Columbus. But there isn't one. <laughs> how far is Akron from Columbus? Two hours. Oh, Hour and forty five. You're not going for a burger. Not a chance. It's not that good. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. Hey, they, they do. Drama, they, they do have a bur- they do have a truck, and my friend uh, wanted to get it. Uh, come down for a party he was having. Yeah. And it was just too expensive. I mean, it was like, it wasn't too crazy, you know what I mean? But yeah. it was just too much for him, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it so might be worth do, it. They would travel down there. Yeah. And it's not like too out of this world price wise. It's just for him, it was like, you know. Well, I just gave a whole speech about giving back and making people happy. So yeah, sure. <laughs> if I can make my friend happy by spending a little money on a food truck, who am I not to? Justin, you got any questions you want to ask him? Oh, no, I just wanted to know the whole burger thing. I appreciate it, dude. I appreciate Thank- you, Justin. I agree with you, too. Thank- yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of both of you guys. Thank Thanks, you, man. man. Thanks I, for calling I, in. I respect your taste buds. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Um, 323-282-7424. Another phone call real quick. Yep. Hey, uh, what's up? You're on with Josh and Drama. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, hi, I'm calling from Chicago, Illinois, and my name is Adrian. All right, Adrian. Hey, Adrian, turn that down in the background, would you? Okay. What question 
Would you like to ask drama? Uh, did your coma have a part in the Young and Reckless clothing line? Huh. Mm, that's a good question. It, it no, it really didn't. Um, indirectly, I, I mean, indirectly, uh, my journey had a had a part in it. The reason why I called it Young and Reckless, I remember thinking for a long time that I didn't want to just call it, uh, you know, office chair clothing and expect everyone to love it. Like I really <laughs> wanted to try to like inspire people, and so you know, I pulled it from my own, like you know, coming from Ohio and going through these things and. You know, to me, young and reckless m- much more means like, don't listen to people who tell you you can't do something. You know, disregard adults or authority or whatever it takes if that's what if that's what it takes to make your dreams come true or to be a happy person. Um, so I guess yeah, indirectly it came from that kind of journey. But no, I didn't. I I wish I could say I like woke up after four days with this brilliant idea for a t-shirt line, but I I didn't. <laughs> I you know what's in, you know what's in but inspirational dude is. Your whole vibe is don't let people tell you no. Yeah, that's it. But don't go, like, break windows and be an idiot. But I think no, you know, what happens yes. is people do that. I'm not saying I can fi- figure out world peace, but I think a lot of that just comes from anger, from being told no, and yeah. from not giving a path, and so you go do that. I mean, this guy's from Chicago. Chicago is the murder capital of it. Those kids are bored. They yeah. don't have anything better It's not that do. bad. Well, well, not where you live, probably. Maybe. <laughs> but oh, if you... well, no, I mean, it's bad, but it's it's, it's well, statistically, it's, it's fucking horrendous. I agree. I but listen, um, is well, there, your name's Harry? Yeah, what'd you say? Your name was no Adrian. Adrian, 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 tell me something. Is there is there? Are you asking that? Is there like a dream that you have that you're bumping up against, or were you just curious? No, I was just curious, and yeah. I have another question. Yeah. Yep. Why is your clothing so darn expensive? Oh, man. Uh, you want me to tell you the honest answer, my friend? The real answer is um, because by the time we get it made, pay for it ourselves, sell it to the retailers who sell it for the prices that they need to then be able to mark it up for them to make the profit that they want, that's literally the cheapest we can make it. And if you go and look around like a PacSun or a Tilly's or, or one of those places, as far as brands that we compete with, we're actually one of the cheapest. And we make it a point yeah. not to sell anything over $100 because we, I know that. I know how difficult it is. But we're trying to figure out ways to make it even cheaper and even cheaper. But at a certain point, you just start making shitty clothes, you know? Just remember, Adrian, and, and, and t- tell me if I'm wrong, because I did, we did a little bit of um, retail before I have, I've done a little bit of retail before. Mm-hmm. Everybody, the next person you hand it to in the line of making clothing or selling it yep. marks it up by, uh, it's 100%, right? It's pretty close. So they basically, if it cost me $8 to make something, right, Adrian, if I have to give it to yeah. four different people, it goes from 8 to 16 to 32 to 72 yep. to 144 and it's left my hands, and I have nothing to do with it. So, a and lo- if it makes you feel any better, I, every time someone buys one of my T-shirts, I'm not making twenty-five dollars. Yeah. I'm making a third of that. Yeah. It, it. So you just have to remember, like, once it leaves his hand, he's not in control of where their markups are. Mm-hmm. But and I will that, say, I will say yeah. to answer your question, because I, that is a goal of mine. I mean, once again, it's what I preach is I want it to be. Accessible. I, I never had dreams of making like the Louis Vuitton of clothing where everything's so expensive and unattainable. What I'm looking at now is trying to open our own retail stores because what that would do is cut out one whole middleman and essentially almost cut the price in half. So hopefully that works. That that might be my next kind oh, of journey. To, to, to go brick and mortar? 
Yeah, and just have Young and Reckless stores, and it's cool, it's branded, but it's half the price, and there's nothing at my price point. I'm a little bit above an H and M, you know, but I'm but I'm cheaper because I want kids to experience it. I'm not the guy that wants it to be hard to get. Right. I want you to be a part of it. Yeah, that would that would solve a lot. That would solve the last 100 percent markup. Yeah. Yep. It essentially be half. Yep. There you go, man. You might have just made a change in the Young and Restless clothing line. How do you feel the about trajectory. that? Trajectory. I feel great. Thank you. All right, brother. Thank, Thank you for you, calling. Um, three two three. I have. I can't even get the number out. What's your name? Where are you calling from? You're on with Josh and Drama. Hey, my name is Dante. I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. What's hey, up, man? Drama, I wanted to ask you a question. Yes, sir. Uh, did you move to L.A. to start your line? No, I didn't. I moved to L.A. Like I said, I when I was growing up, I wanted to be a pro skateboarder. So L.A. is where you do that, really. So my whole, like, from 12 to 18, it was like, as soon as I graduate, I'm moving to L.A. As soon as I graduate, I'm moving to L.A. I got hurt, like, like we just talked about, right before I moved. So even though I knew, like, my dreams of being a professional skateboarder were kind of dampened I still knew that I didn't want to be in Ohio so I just moved anyway my goal was to get a job at the skate shop get an apartment and just kind of I don't know I think at that point I was like well well, whatever I'll get a job in the skateboard industry somewhere and you know and also keep in mind coming from Ohio the thought of having a one-bedroom apartment and and managing a skateboard shop in LA was literally like my wildest dreams coming true. So I just moved because Ohio sucked so bad. I just wanted like some opportunity. You know, I can't say it was to start the clothing line. There you uh, go. Okay. And also I wanted to ask you before your line actually took off the way it is. I mean, I love young and reckless and I'm asking these questions because I was inspired from young and reckless to start my own line, Thank my you. own t-shirt line. That's all and I I've want, been uh, doing that for like three years now, but, uh, before your line actually took off, how long did it take you in order to, I guess, to get into retail? That's a I good guess. question. That's what I would I add. will say this. I had a cheat code um, because I was on TV. Right. So what advice would you give to him? He's not on TV, and there are a ton yep. of other people listening not on TV. What 100%. advice would you What advice would you give them? So here's what I would say is you need, like, you can have a really, really good message, the message being your brand or your idea, right? But if you don't have a megaphone, nobody's going to hear you, right? So the advice would be, I had my own, I had the megaphone before I had the message. I wasn't even talking into it. I just had a megaphone that I was carrying around. Um, so what I'm saying is, figure out your idea, your brand, your your company, whatever it is, and then figure out how you're going to tell that story to the most amount of people possible. And that might mean giving a percentage of that company to somebody who is on a TV show or somebody who has a podcast. Let's go back to what Vitamin Water did. Vitamin Water had zero money. They found some guys, 50 Cent, some athletes, and they said, we're going to give you a little bit of the back end of this business because we don't have any money to give you up front. And it worked worked out for both of them. Curtis, 50 Cent, would tell you he made more money on Vitamin Water than he's made ever ever yeah. in all of his music. Yeah, that's my advice. And, and that's a very common way of doing a deal. And that happens all the time out here in, in LA um, is people will give equity to people that they think can be kind of the megaphone to their idea. Um, so that's what I would do. But you need a megaphone. Where a lot of people go wrong is they actually do have really good ideas, um, but they don't want to give up a piece or they don't want to give up money or they don't, they're too scared to make that move. And so your good idea gets heard by your 10 friends as opposed to 10 million people. Yeah, but. and just remember that half of something is better than 100% of nothing. 
hundred percent. But but that's where I don't. You know, I think a, a lot of people. And I'll just say this: a lot of people say to me, "Well, you had if it wasn't for Rob's show and blah blah blah." That's true. But the difference is, or or kind of the reason why that's not a diss to me is because I had the opportunity to do the TV show stuff, and I did that, and I and I fully asserted myself into it, and I. But I just realized that's not what I wanted. So what I want to do is use that as a launching pad to be my megaphone, to create my brand, but then step away from it. Let me you tell know? you something. Why they're not giving you enough credit is this, is how many reality shows have there been on TV? Yeah, I mean, A zillion. Yeah. How many people have a multi-million dollar successful yeah. clothing line? So I always tell people all the time, because people tell me this all the time, well, if it wasn't for Chelsea, you'd be nothing. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is, a lot of people on that show had an opportunity. Yeah. 100%. How many of yeah. us took advantage? It doesn't you're bother get, me. Yeah. No, here's the thing. is 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 you're going to get, people get opportunities. How many people take advantage of the yeah. opportunity? Yeah. That's all. I mean, I'll tell you that nobody, nobody in, once again, let me just start, say it, it doesn't bother me in any way. I just, I always reference it because that's a heavy critique of what I do. And but it it's isn't, true. It's just not a negative. No. It's not, you know, it's like. But, but it's not even, listen, I would tell you this. I also believe that just knowing what I know now and your work ethic mm -hmm. and kind of your determination, if that had not been the way, you would have found sure, another sure. way. Probably, probably. I agree, probably. But So what I'm saying is, like, when people say, had it not been for that show, Young and Reckless would never exist. I, in this time right now, maybe not. Yep. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I would have found another way to do something else that made me just as happy and was equally as successful. And, and so what I'm saying is the lesson learned is nobody... People take the self-made thing a little too serious, I think. Everyone who's self-made has had opportunities or has found opportunities. I'm a big fan of finding the opportunities. Mm -hmm. um, but by the way, finding opportunities is another way of saying hard work. Yeah, and just... Shit doesn't... Don't be stupid. I don't yeah. People are just so closed-minded and so like... You know, for me, like I was scared to death when I moved to LA and I had $2,000 in my pocket and I thought I was rich and it was gone <laughs> after a week and I had never been more devastated and I, man and I was like yeah. I was I remember like calling my mom and being like mom this isn't for me like yeah. I cannot do this there was no like yo come out here and you're a star it's like it was devastating but what lesson it taught me was you got to go out have an idea stand for something go out there and like I talk to people and dude I, take I some know, swings man yeah take some fucking swings yeah people sit at home and especially yeah. now of course the age old like you're in the basement on youtube writing comments but that's becoming it feels like the new thing is it's so easy to critique somebody else's idea or yeah. so easy to say what you would have done or it's hard to go try and i agree fail. and this is why i'm saying man you started your own clothing line right and i would tell you this and this is what i tell I would tell you I have as much respect for an open mic comedian as I do for Chris Rock, as I do for you, man, who is out there taking swings and, and going, I want to I want a clothing line, so I'm going to fucking yeah. try it. Yeah. Right? So that's all you can do is go out and take your swing. Yeah. And what I love, I'll tell you a personal story. What I love that makes me so happy is, uh, is when I first wanted to start Young and Reckless, I went to Rob, of course, because mm -hmm. he's the most he was the most business connected person I knew. And I said, Yo, man, I really want to start a clothing line. Big Black had started a clothing line. Like, I really want to do this. And he said, Okay, then you should go start a clothing line, right? And he wasn't being an asshole. It just wasn't on his radar. He yeah. had his own shit to worry about. It was kind of like and to be honest, he's told me this a million times. He didn't believe that it would work. So he just thought like, well, I don't have time to like help you with your little project. Right. And as of recently, we've talked a million times about 
how much he regrets not being involved in it and how proud he is of it, how he just truly didn't think it would be what, what it is. What was the first moment for you, do you remember, where you're like, oh, this is working? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. was it a certain T-shirt that was like that that really put you on the map? Was there a certain thing where you're like, oh, shit. You know when is... it really was? I'll tell you what it really was. Is So we put it on the show. You know, I, I so I made the thing. Essentially what he said to me is like, go ahead and make the clothing line, right? And then I was talking to the MTV people and to the whatever, and it was like, until it was real, there was nothing we could do like episode-wise. Mm-hmm. We couldn't tie it into an episode. I couldn't even wear it because there was no trademark. So I went and got in the trademark, made it all real. Um, we kind of brainstormed and came up with the episode, and I did my whole wall, young and reckless, and blah, blah, blah. So, in- Did you have to... When you started the company, did you have to go into pocket an uncomfortable amount? No, you want to know why? Because here's what I did, and I'll just put this out there. Okay, making sure there's nothing wrong with saying this. Okay, um, <laughs> to make sure I like wasn't about to throw anyone in the butt. I, I like how you looked up for a second, like, what? like am I am I being <laughs> Okay, so I, I'm like, I want to start this clothing line. Rob's like, go start the clothing line. Then what happened was we started the first season of Fantasy Factory. And I didn't have the trademarks. And I was devastated. Tell, tell people why you need the trademark. So you need to obviously trademark your logo, your name, everything, because you can't be on a television show uh, wearing a shirt that says Young and Reckless if somebody else owns the rights to Young and Reckless on a TV show. Or, on, sorry, on clothing. Right. Um, or anything similar to your logo. I mean, it's a process to... They obviously compare other logos mm-hmm. or anything similar, and people will battle you, and we're, we deal with lawsuits once a month. Um, still. But... Um, Do you really? Yeah. I guess I can't talk about the, but like, but in the past it's been like uh, Forever Twenty One and, um. But like what? Saying you the style, the logo, the I imagine once a company gets a certain size. Let me say this: There's one now. Sorry. Yep. Well, I imagine once a company gets a certain size, people are like, "Well, let's take a swing over there because we might get some money out of it." Yeah, and I think people own weird trademarks to weird shit, and like, I'll tell you this: Right now, this is safe for me to say, we there's a number that we put on our clothing a lot. Um, and it represents the year that I was born. Mm-hmm. And there is a massive company that apparently owns the rights to put that number on their clothing, right? I don't think... Is that true? I don't think that it's possible. I think that they're kind of... Can you own a number? I don't think so. I think there's a loophole. So that's all I'm going to say, because tomorrow I'm going to get another letter yeah. like, oh, you want to talk about it? Whatever. But anyway, just yeah. to say, like, so who, you own a number, exactly. Right? You own a number? So that's the type of shit that we still deal with a lot. Okay. Um, but or like you know you can't use uh, you can't use the word I can't use the word reckless by itself in Canada. In Canada? Just in Canada, because somebody owns just reckless. I think you're probably still doing all right. Right. It's it's fine. But <laughs> yeah. I, but I but I I that's the type of shit. Yeah. So so quickly so didn't have the trademarks ready for the first season. So I was devastated. I thought, man, this, what if the show only does one season? I just blew my whole chance at life. Mm-hmm. Um, so then on the second season, I got it uh, properly trademarked, got everything handled. We filmed the season. There's about a, f- depending on the season, a three-month gap between when you shoot it and when mm-hmm. you edit it. So what I did was I only printed enough T-shirts for samples for me to wear on the show. So that costs $150. I then, as soon as it was done being edited, I took a DVD of the episode to PacSun, and I said, hey, this is about to be the next biggest clothing line in the world. Look at this episode filled with Young and Reckless. Um, we'll give it to you exclusively for six months, but you have to put it in all of your doors in the front of the store the day after this episode airs in three months. And they said, okay, we'll do it. 
That was it. And so the episode aired. They made the order. We printed the order to ship. There was never any debt. There was never any investment. We printed the order, shipped it. It was paid for right away. We Then the episode aired. All the kids who watched the show went to the mall the next day. And in the front of all their pack sons was the brand that they had just seen on TV the night before. So there was so, never debt. But here's the thing. Like, the best of like, again, it's forward thinking on your part. It is hustle. Can I tell you, uh, it, interesting, like, how you make making people think that this is the next big thing and then and them yeah. not missing out on it well, uh, when I before I was getting married we had zero money and yeah. we had already the only money we had we had paid for because my wife wanted a bigger wedding and I was like cool we took all the money we had just for down payments on things mm-hmm. so we're looking in the the I guess the wedding was five months away mm-hmm. we had enough money for rent and that was it Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, not only do we need to find money to live, but we need to find money to pay for this fucking wedding. Yep. So we went to Mexico mm-hmm. and we looked around and we were because we were like, we can find something. Cheap. She's got a good mind for putting things together. Yep. And I know how to like you. Yep. I can sell. Yep. So she was like, we found these guys to make us these belts and belt buckles for seven bucks. Uh huh. Seven bucks. Uh huh. OK. Um, they were they had scorpions in them. Yeah. Seven. I know those. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 That was us. Incredible. Okay, so the scorpions in them. So we go down there. We get them made for the the the, the handmade belt. And they'd stitch it. Those belts down there are really nice leather, yeah, right? Yeah. And the belt buckle, seven bucks. I brought them to my friend of mine who was in the business, the retail business up yep. there in the clothing. And he, I go, you think I can sell these for 50 bucks? He goes, no, but you could sell them for 350 <laughs> Man. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, oh, nobody in L.A. wants a $50 belt buckle. Yeah. But if they think that, you know, this is handcrafted with a scorpion in there, there's only a certain amount of them, yeah. you're going to sell them for $350 without a problem. Yep. So I went to Fred Siegel, had a couple of them, and I said, they said, how much do you want though for that? I said, well, I'll sell it to you for 150 And he yeah. goes, yeah. Price point around 350 in my store? I go, yeah. Incredible. Dude. Man. It's how I paid for my wedding. That's incredible. We made... That's better than mine. We made between trunk shows. We had them on Kid Rock and and um, uh, Jaden. The the when the Will Smith kids were young, we made yeah. little ones for them and for that family. Um, I had them and I had the guy take the scorpion out and it had like that abalone on the outside, like, yep. and he put dried flowers in it. We sold. I went to Nordstrom in the dry in the fucking rain. I drove up to San Francisco because I was like, I need a certain amount of money. We're short a certain amount of money, so I need a department store. I need one big order. Yeah. I drive up to San Francisco. It's fucking pouring rain. I walk into the store because I knew it was Nordstrom store number one. Yeah. So I'm like, that must be where they buy. Yeah. I go upstairs. I go into the manager's office who she was like, we're not taking any meetings. And I followed her into her office. Yeah. And I go, here's the deal. And I told her, these belt buckles are going to pay for my wedding. Yeah. And I gave her the whole bill. If you don't buy these belt buckles yeah. in your store, I'm not I'm not having a wedding. Yeah. And you can call my wife, but we need your help. Yeah. And she was like, I have some good news and some bad news. Uh-huh. I said, "What? Well, give me bad news. And she goes, I'm not the buyer. <laughs> I didn't know what a buyer <laughs> yeah, yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> she goes, I'm yeah. not the buyer, but I have the buyer's phone number. Let's call her right now and put her on speakerphone. Yeah. I gave the whole spiel. And the girl said on the phone, she's never even seen him. She said to her, whatever her name was, Laura, how do they look? And she said, even if they looked terrible, which they don't, they look really good. Did you hear that story? Yeah. She said, make an order. She said, I'll make an order for you. Man. And we got married. That's incredible. And we had our, incredible. We had, 
We had like, that's a really good story. We had the wedding, and, and and let me tell you why I think the universe works in crazy Fuck, ways. That's okay? not like just like a listen to this funny story. Like that's a really no good no story. no. Here's I almost got arrested a couple times coming across the border because you know you have to say do you ha- did you buy anything? Yeah. Are you selling anything? Three hundred twenty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of pants. <laughs> I would go down to there, right? I would go down there. Here's why the 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 business stopped. I would go down and I would go to the guy who made the belt buckles, and I would say, "Hey, man, I need a hundred more." Yeah. And he'd say, "Oh, but I still have money." And I go, "What do you mean?" He goes, "I still have money from the last time you were here, so I don't need any more money." And I go, "Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you oh. more money." And he would be like, "I don't need more money. I still have money." So he didn't want to work because he still had money. Yep. So I had to find somebody else to make it. Okay. So at the time, uh, I found four guys. Yep. So by the time that first guy needed money again, I was already on to somebody else. Yep. Dude made the belt buckles, sold them in Tijuana. I'm sure you've seen them there. Yep. And that's why it ended because someone from uh, Fred Siegel went down there and said, I saw your belt buckle down there for 15 bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's why it ended. But it ended. But the wedding happened. It ended a week after the wedding. Man. It was like the perfect. That's- but. But that I'm, I'm telling you, dude, it's it's all hustle yeah. and and just not. I was like, I'm not gonna. Nobody's at Nordstrom. I was like, you're not saying no to me. Yeah, I have to get married. Yeah, it was a it's a great fucking lesson, dude. And what a, it's the same thing as the list. What a fucking it just it made me feel like I really, if you want something, yeah, you just gotta fucking go drive in the rain yeah. and walk around and fucking do it. Yeah, yeah, no, you do. And I think people people also like. They glorify like, you know, I remember stories of and being around it, but like Jimmy Iovine when he first started Beats. Yeah. Would literally chase rappers down to get a photo of them on his cell phone wearing the headphones, right? Mm-hmm. But you think kids think like, well, no, that's not how it works. You just you're up on your high horse and Jimmy Iovine is like, no, like if you talk to any successful person in any realm of life. They have some weird stories of how they finagled to, and make they that never happen. stop hustling. No, some of the richest people are still the biggest finaglers to this day. A hundred percent. There's another phone call. They they've been going all day. I just oh, they just they just hung up. I'm sorry. Call back three two three two eight two seven four two four. Sorry about that. Sorry guys. Um, okay, I am fascinated with one other thing. With most people like you who who seem so fearless, what is it you're scared of? Oh man. Is it failure? Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think at this point, let me say at this point, I'm definitely scared of of having had so much opportunity and failing. Like if I Me too, by the way. Right? You relate that's to my, that? That's my that's my Yeah, like one day if something I don't know, like if something catastrophic catastrophic happened and I'm back in Akron. In a mm-hmm. shack. Oh, my And I have fear. all these stories. And not only stories of what I was like doing or, or close to or these cool podcasts I was on, but like going back and thinking of what else I could have done mm-hmm. and who I could have talked to and could have had a meeting with or whatever. I guess that that would be my biggest fear. That's my biggest my biggest fear. And I'm not I'm gonna tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. I had this nightmare because I, I fly a lot. Yep. I had I had a nightmare. That and there's nothing wrong with this job, everybody. Okay, I'm just saying it. Mm-hmm. That I was a flight attendant. Yep. And I'm working first class. Yep. And my buddy, who was on Chelsea, was sitting in first class on the way to a gig. Oh man, yep. And I had to ask him. That's it. What he wanted for lunch? Did he want the lasagna? <laughs> yep. That was a real dream. That was a real dream. Dude. Oh. It fucking and I called him and I was like, "You'll never, you'll never believe this dream." And he goes, "Just." Couple things. First, I would definitely have the lasagna. 
<laughs> just to be clear. Just to be clear, you don't need to ask me. <laughs> I would definitely have lasagna, but he said it was his biggest fear too. For yeah. someone to say to him, for someone to say to me, didn't you used to be Josh Wolf? Yeah. Like uh, you wonder what I if, if I if I hone in on a little bit more, it's like I can picture it will never happen, but I can picture being back in Akron in my shack and like working at Swenson's and just stuffing my face with my favorite burgers. But um and people asking me to tell them stories. Oh, uh, you know, like, well, yeah, there was this one time when I used to be when I was that shot. Uh, hey, we got another phone call. You're on with Josh and Drama. You got a, a question for Drama? What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, my name's Jordan. I'm calling from Corvallis, Oregon. What's up, man? How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Hey. I'm just watching uh, watching this go on while I'm blowing glass. I'm I'm a glass lord. So oh, that's awesome, dude. Nice. Can, it, and make sure you turn us down in the background. How long have you been blowing glass? That sounds dirty. Oh, but it shit, is. I didn't even so know cool. you were. I was talking to you guys. Yeah. I've been blowing glass for like 16 years, 15 years, and I uh, I'm a big fan of um, the whole bearded, uh, you know, entourage and, and from the beginning and and watching uh, watching drama and the whole crew. Yeah, man. To where where you guys are now has just been really inspiring to kind of see you as like a scrawny kid from, you know, a cousin brought into the scene, and now now you're like. A boss man of your own, <laughs> Thank you know, you to me. Yeah. entourage. I'm still scrawny though. Yeah, I was gonna say that hasn't. He needs a couple more burgers. Yeah, man, I... <laughs> that, that's all right, buddy. I think we, we might look eye to eye. We might actually be the same weight. <laughs> yeah, we. Yep. You, but no, you gotta be like I, six I just, two. Uh, six one one forty seven. You were talking about finagling, and I'm like, this is my finagle into this uh, this realm, and you guys inspire me. So I'm doing a thing called Sheepdog TV. And um, I haven't done it in a few years, the last episode, but I'm actually in production now, getting some sponsors together. And I'm just basically running across, um, you know how in, this, in the critical sports, I call it extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of pros. It's pretty harsh because, you know, a lot of these riders that we all looked up to, as shredders, you know, I call it the NAR, you know, we all, it's a lifestyle we live. Yeah, it is. Um, board sports, it's, you know, everything, we see everything in boards and shred and how we could jump it or shred it or grind it. Anyways, um, you know, seeing that is just like, uh, I'm sorry, I'm kind of nervous. I'm That's like, okay. I can't just really get to it. Yeah, just get that. Yeah. No, but, um, so, you know, I, you guys inspired me. So I got this little program going and, um, these, these guys, uh, let me turn you off in the background. It's actually just you at this point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's just, just you <laughs> talking to you. <laughs> no, we're kidding. Go, go, go ahead. Go, go, go. Yeah. No, 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 no. So no drama. You know, um, I got it. I got inspired. I, I went to high school with a lot of guys who ended up being pros. Now, you know, I'm 38 years old, and now a few of my friends are like retired snowboarders. And they've made a great transition into being family dudes that are taking care of their, you know, um, husbands, wives and, and families. And some guys, a friend of mine, James Jackson, I'm actually doing an interview with. He's a Red Bull snowboarding coach. Um, I got a bunch of sponsors to uh, go to Bend, Oregon, and uh, get an interview with them over there. Uh, Buddy, you gotta, We're gonna... you gotta take it. You gotta take it easy on the number five. <laughs> Are you? Do you have the phone pressed up against your shoulder? Oh, sorry. I have. I'm wearing the. Uh, 
I'm wearing the earphones. Oh, that's yeah. okay. My my question is, um, and not to cut you off because it sounds interesting, but what's the actual question? No, yeah. Uh, the question was, do you offer like a help, like production help with like fellas that are trying to? Um, huh. Become uh, you know something on like a YouTube or a Vimeo type of. I'm sure you get asked that a lot. Program. Yeah, you wonder what I'm going to be 100 percent honest with you, my man. And um, um, the answer is I don't because I'm actually trying, and part of the reason why I'm up here doing this now is because I'm trying to figure it all out myself. Um, I'm trying to figure what? out um, a podcast, and I'm trying to figure out the YouTube That's stuff, cool. and and I'm and I'm really, um, and you know my team is is not probably as like massive and glorious as you would picture. I mean, it's still relatively small. So we're trying to figure all this, this stuff out ourselves. And, and really, if I said that I would help you, I would be a shitty, shitty friend uh, or, or helper um, because I'm just well, too busy trying you know, to get good gosh, at it myself. You know what I mean? Just being, being able to, you know, kind of collaborate would even be enough help, man. You know, just the vibes and the feeling that I get right now, knowing that, you know, you're a reachable person. Yeah, I just reached you. What an amazing so, thing! Um, uh -huh. Now and and listen, this is—is is it crazy for you? And again, you're a young dude. Mm -hmm. Does it sink? I'm 38. Not, not, you, wait, I'm me? just talking. You're talking to drama right now. Drama, yeah, do, yeah, yeah. Does it sink into you, man, when people say that you're inspirational, or just to hear the way he's talking about it's enough to 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 like that you're a real dude, that you're reachable? Does that sink in what the effect that you've had on people? It's very fucking cool, man. Yeah, I don't. I think that's like more, uh, like I'm pumped. Like what this is what I'm getting at is like I don't want to be rude to this guy because the problem is. I just can't be of any help. But right? you're being honest. But, but you're being honest. Yeah, but but, what but he's my saying goal to you, yeah. is, my real goal, truly, more so than to sell t-shirts, and this is not my little shtick, my true goal is to inspire people like him to go do what he's doing right now. Yeah. Well, so, check, like, check this out, drama. Check this out. I yep. just got a good uh, good idea, You know, and I was listening to what you were saying before. Yep. And how, how about me being in your place and you're robbed? Uh, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean, and, and and you just I just took that as like oh, that's fine. I'll be my own boss, and I'll I'll, I'll sure. see you eye to eye lay, later down. Sure, the sure. Road. Let me tell you this. I appreciate let your honesty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let me tell you this because I get that a lot actually. Um, the difference is that first of all, him and I were relatives. Um, yeah. Not you know what I'm saying. Obviously, I get kind of asked for these sort yeah. of things quite a bit and i just I, I i wish i could but i can't help every single person yeah. and the difference I is the same person i was metaphorically speaking in a sense you know yeah 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 i got you but um but what i'm saying is you know the situation with with rob and i just kind of happened you know there was no uh call in um to a help sure. you know? so i so i get it but let me tell you this my friend all that i want uh and really, I think that when I die on my deathbed, I think the most tangible thing to be able to say that, like, I did was to inspire people to do these sort of Big time. things. Right? It's Big not time. like yeah. I sold yeah. one million you, t-shirts. You definitely then... inspired a, a, a large crew of my friends. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I think I talk about it mostly as far as, you know, your guys', you know, the Deerdick legacy and stuff like that because... Um, the fact that, you know, the way Rob, not to bring the attention to him, but it's really neat how he brought it into where, you, you know, where you're at here doing your, your podcast. And this is an interview for you. Yeah. you know, not because, not because you were like an add in on, on the fantasy factory, because you're like your own 
you're a you know million dollar man now in your own business. Yeah, let, me ju- let me jump in right here real quick. And but buddy, thank you very much for calling. I appreciate it, dude. And keep following what it is you want to do and your yeah, path. Bro. And, and, and I, I'm following you guys on uh, on Facebook or on Instagram. It's uh, Sheepdog Glasscraft. You know, check out my glass or my family. New, you know, I I live a good life and and um, promote positive. All right, brother. Good, good luck. Brother. Good luck. And thank you for calling in. I'll tell you what's very cool. Yeah. It's very cool. Like, it's like I have friends who are in bands. And I uh-huh. go, what's the coolest thing in the world? And they said, honestly, what's the coolest thing in the world? It's not the jets and it's not the money. Yeah. It's being on stage and hearing people sing your song. That has to be the best feeling ever. And, I, and, and I'm like, I, I agree with you, right? Because I'm like, that's it? And you're like, do you understand? There's two things in life that I wish I could do. I would pay any money. I would give all my money away to do. Okay, that's it. Be on a stage in a stadium and have all the people singing a song that I wrote. So good. Also to be on a basketball court in a stadium and to dunk on another grown man. Okay, let me tell you. <laughs> you know, as unrealistic as both of those are, Never just looking happen. at your... I say the one, first one's a little more realistic. <laughs> Thousand percent. I've been writing. I, I don't don't think you're going to be dunking on a grown man. No, but those must be the best two feelings. To have the whole Can crowd I tell you like, something? what? Like when Blake Griffin, like, it's just like, oh, oh my God. I, I This is one of my favorite things I've ever done as a performer. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I used to tour with Larry the Cable Guy. Larry the Cable Guy sells a shit ton of tickets. There was one concert in particular mm-hmm. at the time was a record. He sold 53 thousand seats to a comedy show we played in a a football stadium okay he would have sold more but he had to close off one half of the seats where the stage was going to be right yeah fifty three thousand okay after the show he and i when i toured with him used to do this thing called air disaster Mm -hmm. where we would go and we would play in front of empty arenas before his show Mm -hmm. and we would pick out a song list of 10 80s and 90s hair metal songs and perform them unplugged as an uh, with with instruments mm-hmm. but not plugged in and for nobody except for the people setting up the seats uh-huh. and we would lip sync the whole thing and we were air disaster and uh-huh. like the four people setting up the arena were like what the fuck is going on <laughs> yeah. we literally like we full-on performance like <laughs> the guy who played lead guitar would run and slide on the stage and pretend to play his guitar Incredible. there's nobody watching yep well at the end of the fifty-three thousand, he said you know what we should do? We should see if Comedy Central would be okay with Air Disaster doing two songs. Uh-huh. So Comedy Central was like, that sounds like a fucking blast. We went on stage, okay? And I had my big wig and sunglasses, and I would go shirtless with spandex. And, In front right? of 53,000 people. 53,000. So we did a Journey song and White Snake song. Mm-hmm. I sang the Journey song, sang in parentheses, sure. and he sang the White Snake song. Yep. Can I tell you, when I held my finger in the air with my Ugh. mic out like I was singing euphoric and they sang the journey words I felt for a second was like you I'm a were... fucking god uh, yeah. <laughs> now I was not singing to begin with do yep. you know what I mean yep. you know the best part about it after that oh, show yep. two, two of my favorite things ever happened after that show uh, one person came up to me uh-huh. dressed as me again and said Man, that band after that played after you, they were amazing. That one dude sounded just like Journey. And I was like, uh, it was Journey. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got a phone call to my manager, who was also Cable Guy's manager, yep. from a fair in Nebraska and said, hey, can Air Disaster come play our fair? And the my manager was like, sure. So And the guy said, how much material do they have? And the, my manager was like, 
I don't think you get it. <laughs> <laughs> Any song that's ever written, they can play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah literally. We, they have <laughs> infinite material. It's like crazy. Like how much material he has. All of it. They yeah. have all. Do you want him to do Beethoven? They got it. They'll do it. Yeah, they can do it. Damn it. That's but, incredible. But that feeling. Amazing feeling. Do it in an amazing and amazing feeling. But that's the thing. Like that 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 kind of ins- inspiration, which is kind of what you're Yeah, I think I don't know. I think maybe there's like a natural drive to just affect people. Yeah. Whether you're a painter or you're an artist or you're whatever, I think and that's you know, I selling clothing is cool, but it's not like a very glorious thing yeah where i find the joy is in like you know these these artists that we get to work with and these handicapped people that we get to work with and and like telling that story Mm -hmm. and at least feeling like i'm inspiring people you know and so when you hear like you know that the kid um the blowing glass is inspired to do sounds dirty but it isn't it's not i promise um uh you know yeah it's cool i it's cool I, i don't i take it lightly because i don't think i'm changing lives yet but i think it's cool I just hate that jam up of like, well, can you do it for me? Because somebody did right. it for you. It's like, I wish I could. I yeah. really do. But 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 it's also a different situation. He was family, and and you know what I find interesting. Also, I'm sure you've been approached to do other reality shows. Yeah. Why you're being in front of the camera not important to you? No, I just I don't like it. That's a rare breed, by the way. Yeah, I don't like. What it. is it you don't like about it? You know, I know what I think that I'm relatively like I don't want to be that guy. Uh-huh. Like, oh, you're the guy from the thing. Good, be funny, or like do a funny thing, or like oh, you're no, that I, guy, yeah. or like you walk into a room or a club or a. I would like to be that guy without people knowing I'm that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, I'd yeah. like to be accomplished and be proud of myself and have money and be able to do whatever. But like, I just don't like. I don't like walking around and being that guy. I always said the best job in the world would be the. <laughs> to be the drummer from Pearl Jam. Yeah. Because you get to play in front of 60,000 people. Yeah. But then if you want to go to In-N-Out on a Sunday yeah. and nobody fucking care who you are, yeah. except maybe one person walks up and goes, are you the drummer from Pearl Jam? Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a second. Are you that guy, <laughs> the drummer from Pearl Jam? <laughs> I've, uh, I've also corrected you on this before, but he's also the drummer for Soundgarden. Yes, I know so. you tell me. And he doesn't know that because the guy has an amazing <laughs> life where nobody knows. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. It's, it's even more amazing. Yeah. It's doubly. 323 uh, I finally get a chance to say the number out loud before somebody called in. 323 is the number. I have a couple more questions for you, yep. and then I will let you uh, split out of here. Yeah. One, have you enjoyed podcasting? I really, really have. I really have. I like... What is it about this yeah. this medium that you Well number one, liked? you just we just get along. Yes. Right. There's yeah. just good interviews and bad interviews. By the way, I would tell you I feel like and I've never met you before. Yeah. but I this has been a very easy conversation yeah. for somebody I've never met before. I agree. And I, I wouldn't necessarily consider myself like a skilled conversationist. Really? Not that I'm bad at it, but I'm just saying we this isn't like I have because there hasn't been a lull. Yeah. And you really have been wait, another phone call, but you've really been receptive to every question which is important and yeah. you know what else you do huh. you see how you're looking at my eyes yeah, yeah you're listening to what i'm saying yeah yeah that's the key to a conversation man. yeah i think also we just see the world in a very similar way i agree um do you want to take a call yeah let's take one hey you're on with drama and josh what's your name where are you calling from uh, jeff's letter calling from la what's <laughs> up man you got a question for drama I do. Drama. Are you there? Yes, sir. 
Jama, I buy your clothes all the time. Um, just one question about your hoodies. Yep. I know this might sound weird, but how come you don't put zippers in the one in the, the acid ones? Huh? Ah, okay. Um, There's no zipper in the front. No, like it's a pullover instead of a zipper. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Um, I believe. Too expensive? No, I believe that the actual reason was when we first decided to do the acid wash on a hoodie. It was at the request of Pac Sun because the acid wash T-shirt had worked so well for them. And at the time, pullovers were doing really well for them, so they asked for them in pullovers. And then what we did was just uh, obviously got extra for our online store. I don't know where you bought it, but for our online store, we got extra with their order, right? So there's no real Mm -hmm. reason. Um, It was just a choice. Sometimes we do zip-up, sometimes we do pullover. Got it. Cool. Thank Dude, you, right. well, and thank you for the uh, for the support. Yeah. I wasn't asking for a handout or anything from like no. the last hey, guy. Hey, all good. By the man. way, thank you that. for the hard hitting question. You got to take that. <laughs> thank you. I got a question for you because yeah. listen, uh, uh, we, you know, you you are the head of your company. Yeah. Can you remember the last time in business where you were like, mm, someone gave you advice, where you're like, you really ought to do this, and you didn't listen to yourself, and it didn't work. Do you know what I mean? Like, there, I remember a couple of years ago, I yep. decided anything I do from here on out, I'm I'll listen to other people. Yep. But I, if I'm I'm going down with the fucking captain's hat. If because yep. if it goes down and it wasn't my decision, I'm gonna be really fucking mad. Yep. Can you remember the last time that happened for you? And was you don't it, have to name the person or anything. But no. Was it was it um? Are you saying the last time that I I went with my decision or I didn't? Where you didn't? Where you <laughs> were like, you know what? <sighs> I don't really think this is right, but I guess I'm going to. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure that happened more when yeah, you were you younger. Yeah, you know what I'll say? I'll say this. We um, Number one, let me say that it it used to happen a lot. And that's, by the way, those are the things that eat me up. I don't yes. have regrets when I make my own decision. Thousand percent. I don't either. If it's my decision and it doesn't go well, yep. I can honestly say I don't have a regret because I did what I thought was right. Yeah. But when I do something, if I listen to people and I get persuaded to do something yeah, and it doesn't right. fucking work. Yeah, worst feeling ever. Those are the only time I have regrets. Can yeah. you remember the last time that happened for you? Yeah, I don't. Let me say this. I don't know that I necessarily remember the exact last time because I've never had one that was too devastating. Right. Um, I would say that like the biggest ones are probably that we've spent a pretty good amount of money on marketing things uh, marketing campaigns um, for the brand and and marketing's tricky because really you're just guessing mm-hmm. like there's no science to, I mean of course there is but there's no real science you're just you're picking a brand ambassador you're picking an event you're throwing an event you're doing whatever and you're just hoping that mm-hmm. it works and you can't really tell whether your 50 grand was worth your 50 grand or right. not um, it's really I look at it as like <clears throat> a bunch of building blocks to hopefully the bigger picture there's definitely been big spends on things that I felt like in my gut weren't right for the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and how did you get talked into doing it? I, w- I would say most of the time it's probably because of a retailer because right. retailers, you know, a lot of times ask for um, a person or s- a something to be attached uh-huh. to the clothes. So we would spend the money on the thing just to make the retailer happy and say, here, you got your guy, we got you, you're hot new, whatever. And it just wouldn't work. And you could just tell it didn't work and it was a flop and you just wasted a lot of money. That is just annoying to me because, of course, I want to be as effective and cost-effective as possible. Right. Um, I can't think of the exact last time or any that was – luckily, none of those were devastating or sank the ship or 
whatever, I will definitely go down with the ship if the ship ever goes down because I learned that lesson, thankfully, in a, in a not catastrophic way. That just don't do it. I yeah, I, I, it's the only. Those are the only times I can. I remember saying to myself, "Look, for me, in my career, yeah. my biggest regret is my very first television deal. I knew there was this network I should be with. I knew I should go with a certain studio. Yep. But when you're younger, you assume that people know more than you. Yep. Does yep. that mean you know what I mean? Hundred percent. So when you're younger, you go, "Well, that dude must know more than me." Yeah. If he's saying, "And I went with the wrong team." Yeah. I went with the wrong team, and the people who I didn't go with told me. Yeah. It's a wrong. You, we we were going to guarantee you on TV yep. with this project. Yeah. And it was it was to this day for me my biggest fucking regret. And yep. I and I said that from that on, I'm going down with the captain's. Yeah. And I would almost add that to like. Our previous thing, I think, to, to put all of our kind of those little discussions of ours together, I would say the sweet spot in life is to get out there and explore and ha be passionate about things. But if they don't work, drop them and move on. Yeah. Meaning if you're not good at art, don't be an artist. There's a happier life for you not being an artist. And always follow your gut because it seems like when you do follow your gut, things just magically kind of line up a little better. It's like when you listen to someone else, it's almost like you're going on their path, and it, the next thing doesn't line up as well. It's kind of what I've learned. And it's interesting what you said, like about letting go. You know, in this town, and I can I'm, look. Say you had started young and restless, mm -hmm. and it didn't work, but you hung on to it. What you're telling yourself is, "This is the best idea I'll ever have. I'll never come up with an idea." Yeah. Right. <clears throat> so in this town, it happens with people with scripts and stories all the time. All day. They just want to sell this one story, one story, one story. And I, as a comic, I'll tell you, when I hear a joke that's similar to mine, I don't get mad at that person. Yeah. I drop the joke and I move on because yeah. if that, if I'll, if what I'm, then I'm telling myself that's the best joke I'll ever write. Yeah. But well, then I'm fucked. Yeah. Then I'm 100%, 100%, fucked. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you just, I always say that you just got to always bet on you. Yeah, you do. That's, I agree with that 100%. Um, all right. We will have time for one more phone call. 323-282-7424. 323-282-7424. Listen, just so you know, in the in your future of podcasting, yep. some of my podcasts go an hour. I feel like I could talk to you for fucking nine hours. And there's no rules, right? No rules. I just have to fly out tonight, which is why I'm ending this. Yeah. Um, but, but no, that's what I'm trying to wrap my head around. And sorry, quickly, to finish yeah. my last thing, what I was saying is I like, once again, obviously we get along, but I like the... I like the honesty of it and the like there's no let's break for commercial or mm. let's like doing a radio interview is like just kind of shitty. Yeah. And you know what else for me? And uh -huh. I don't know. For, look, for me, one of the reasons I like it is as a comedian, when I'm on stage, I have to be funny all of the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. the job. Yeah. This we found funny when it was there. Yeah. I like that I can say um and I can take a drink from my water and I can, you know. It's what makes it so personal. Yeah. Right. We go. You're going to be the last phone call of the day. Uh, you're on with Josh and Drama. What's your name? Where are you calling from? What's up, man? My name is Zach. I'm from. Uh, I'm calling from Atlanta. What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. How are y'all? Good, good. You got a question for Drama? Yeah, my biggest thing, I mean, I, I've been following the podcast and, and listening about, like, following your dreams and stuff. And I mean, I was just going to call and ask a couple questions about marketing at first. Like, what was probably the most effective thing for you? But my bigger question was, like when you started Young and Reckless, was that your first go-to? Like, was that your first choice of your brand or your name, or did you have to sell 
with like name, finding a good name that stuck and just like keep grinding it out or what? Yeah, so I had, and let me say this. First of all, um, and I'll go ahead and say this. Uh, I, my first attempt at something was music. I mean, my nickname was Drama that's, that's Beats. What I figured, yeah. yeah, and and yeah. really that, eh, I mean, for the sake of the conversation, it was a failure. Um, you know, I spent a lot of money on it, and I built that. I spent the money for the studio and the Fantasy Factory, and blah blah blah. And we did a couple records on. You know, we had some records with Trey songs and which a lot of people would consider a success, but really financially that was a failure. So the whole music thing was a failure. Um, I gotcha. In the sense of, yeah, I could have still buckled down and kept trying to do it. I, I, that was a, that was the epitome of me realizing it was a business I didn't want to be in and it yeah. was financially okay. costing a lot of money. And so I just moved on. But then I went to young okay. and reckless and yeah, I had, um, I mean the first name for young and reckless, this is so embarrassing was vanity. <laughs> How would you spell With it? Vanity? V- vanity. V-A-N-I-T-Y. Oh. Like, van- like vanity. And oh, I thought, I like, vanity is going to be the biggest. Like, it's <laughs> the dumbest. And, like, man. By the way, I'm so glad you didn't go. We would, would not, not be not be here. I would be in that shack in Ohio. I'm right there with you. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> So there was a few, and then and then and then I had a big problem with because, um, like I said, I was rushing to try to get it um, in time for the show. So yeah. um, I almost got shut down by the Young and the Restless, um, and obviously my Y and R logos. I had a bunch of Y and R logos, and their logo is a Y and R also. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that almost got completely. That's why I didn't have it in time for the first season, and I, that was a failure. Also, I thought that my life was over. So. Finally, you know, there was a lot of little failures. I didn't have five other clothing lines or anything like that. I literally fail almost daily. Um, but as far as starting, you have band, to f- fail. By the way, yeah, you got it. It's part of learning. You yeah, have to yeah, fail yeah. to succeed. Yeah, you but it used to, to scare me. I used to. I think coming up under Rob and like, you know, and when I moved out here, Rob was like, you know, this big successful yeah. guy. And so I, you just get this feeling of like he he never fails, right? And so mm-hmm. I almost when I first started Young and Reckless, I, I felt like I wasn't doing enough because I was too scared to fail. I was just hoping the little bit that I was doing would work. Yeah. And it wasn't until I really started taking those losses, like what I just talked about, and and those other things yeah. that you know you realize that that's it's literally the only way. It's it's a game of it's it's a Damn. game of trying. Yeah, but it's a game of like if you take a hundred shots. You'll hit one. Mm-hmm. If you only yeah. take five, you probably won't. And it really is. I don't mean to sound like a corny Nike commercial, but literally, that's how the world works. But because most people you. are scared of the failure and they don't look at uh-huh. it as part of the process. Yeah. But look, man. I mean, I can only speak in my business. I can't tell you how many open mics at coffee shops in front of two people I've done. I can't yeah. tell you how many shows coming up that I fucking bombed. And you just have to take that as part of the process because nobody drops you into a new job. And all of a sudden there's when people when I hear overnight success, bullshit, go look at their past seven years. Go look at exactly. That's what it is, man. But, yeah, it's just that's why I tell people when I tell my kids, I don't care if you succeed or fail. Take the swing. Yeah. Take the fucking swing. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. man. Take the swing. Yeah. But I definitely there was a long time where I thought, yeah, I was failing and I thought like, man, I'm just. Yeah, I'm just screwed. I'll just never be, you know, what I had hoped. And here you are on the Josh Will yeah, podcast. Exactly. Here I am. Um, our, yeah, man. Thank you, I, my man. I appreciate that. I just kind of wanted to get like an inside thing, and because I'm I have that same outlook, like like somewhat 
killer mentality. Just nobody can tell you when to stop. If your heart sense it, you just got to keep grinding. And yeah, you do, man. And be open to learn. You know, figure out what you want to do. Learn how you actually yeah. do it. Look mm-hmm. at people who have done it and then do it. It's just not. By the way, that's a huge lesson. Yeah, please learn. Yeah, yeah look at, by the way. There's nothing wrong with studying the people who are successful in your field. I'm not saying as a, as a comic you don't rip off material, but I mm-hmm. study comedians who are successful. Why are they successful? What did they do? You know, the the commonality for a lot of them is they did what was unique to them. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. as an example, I had the idea that I potentially might want to start a podcast, right? right? I've been on TV. I have all these followers. I could probably do a podcast tomorrow and have people listen, yeah. but it's probably going to be shit. So what I did <laughs> is I had a friend that knew Josh, track Josh down and beg him to let me come on it just so I could see what he does. What I'm doing yeah. is obviously we're having a great conversation, but I'm also just seeing how a podcast even works. I'm trying to educate myself before I go out and make a mistake and put out a shitty podcast and nobody likes me anymore <laughs> <laughs> alright man thank you for calling in cool appreciate y'all alright dude I've really had a good time and I was, too, I was gonna end with something that we had just talked about but I've never had an easier conversation with somebody I'd never met before we just talked for two hours that's incredible that was two hours two hours that's good but I'll tell you you're gonna be this is gonna be a great medium for you dude this is like you're really good at it like I said for me, the key to a good podcast is a good conversation. Yeah. You may not consider yourself a conversationalist, but the best part of a conversation is listening. Yeah, yeah. And you listen. Yeah. And after that, it's all great. Yeah. yeah I enjoyed it, man. I, I'm definitely going to give it a shot, and hopefully uh, hopefully it works. Yeah, dude. If you have any other questions, let me know. I will. Guys, thank you very much for this uh, listening to this special Wednesday edition. Uh, if anyone is listening, I'm in... Phoenix this weekend. I leave tonight at, at Stand Up Live, and I'm at the, I'm opening a comedy club next week in St. Louis at Helium. It's their first weekend, December 17th to 19th, and everything else, ComedianJoshWolf.com. Anything you want to plug at all? Uh, just at drama on social media and uh, youngandreckless.com, and thank you guys for, uh, for listening to me uh, yap. It was really good, dude. I'm not kidding. I it was really it, good. Man. I really do. I'm very thankful. Thanks, guys. That was great.